The Your Safe Space podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Your Safe Space, the podcast. I'm your host, Adele Marie, and this podcast is here for you. It is a safe space for us to catch up each week to discuss anything and everything. And on today's show, we are talking about love languages. Happy Sunday. Guys, I'm so keen for this episode. I really wanted to do it for quite a long time. And last week, you tied the boundaries and the love languages. So I thought, I'm not going to poll you again. I'm just going to give you the love languages. And yeah, I'm excited to get into it. So I'm also happy that you've come back. Thank you for spending your Sunday morning with me. And I want to know, how has your week been? What has been going on in your world? As always, we usually start the podcast with our struggles, our highlights, and our gratitudes. I'll get to that in a second. But we are well and truly into March. And what the hell? Where has the year gone? Where is February going? February was a lot for me. So I am happy that it is a new month. And I think a lot of my struggles and highlights are directly related to this. So let's get into it. As always, every single Monday, I will put up a post in the Facebook group. And I literally will say, this is your journaling for the day. Leave it in here. I love reading it. And this week, I want to say a happy birthday to one of our listeners. So Michaela commented on the post this Monday, just a couple of days ago, and she commented that it was her birthday on Sunday. And so happy birthday, Michaela. I won't always do shout outs from that post, but I read the comments and I genuinely like read them. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that you guys put effort into it. And I'm so grateful that you interact with me because it helps me get to know you. And you might find that I call something out on the podcast one day, but I'll give you mine. I want you to hold space for yours. You can hold space in your mind or you can grab out a journal and write it down while I'm telling you mine. I'm actually going to start with the bad first. <laughs> I'm going to give the bad first and then end on the high. So my struggle, you guys would have heard over the last couple of weeks that I had been feeling a little bit lonely. On top of that, I have been feeling quite a lot of grief and quite a bit of anxiety and it's just been like brewing away. And on top of that, dealing with severe PMS. And because of that, I'm just in a very sensitive state and there's been a lot happening. You know, I had the funeral last week for my dad's uncle. We changed podcast studios. Sam was away on holidays. I haven't really been on any dates. I've been missing some of my friends and I've also been panicking hard about the fact that I'm turning 30. And I wish that I, I wish that I wasn't. And I was a little bit like heavy on myself, that it, that was bothering me so much. And I think all of these kind of compounded and built up. And what I noticed is little things that maybe w wouldn't bother me when I'm feeling like happy and healthy were probably starting to get to me. And I'll give you a really good example. So on Sunday, and you guys may have seen my TikTok about this, but we had our insulation replaced in the roof. When we did that, we had to take everything out of the roof out. And we were using the roof as a storage system for the last 29, 30 years. Up there in the roof was a lot of things that my mum had kept, a lot of things that I had kept. I had my old journals, which fucking broke my heart to read. I was too sensitive to do this activity on Sunday and it just happened this recent Sunday. But 
I had found my Barbie dolls. I had found my Furby. I found my baby born. And I was really sensitive and that activity just triggered a lot of stuff for me. And I think because I was already so conscious of about the fact that I'm turning 30 and about the fact that I'm grieving the time that has passed and then all of this stuff was like serving as a reminder that all this fucking time has passed and it was beautiful, very wholesome, but it, it really hurt me. And so I guess it all came to a head on Monday when I finally had therapy and therapy is my highlight. So they're all intertwined with each other, but I had moved this therapy appointment twice. I moved it last week because I was in Sydney. I was meant to see my psych in Sydney, but the event that I was at ran over and then I moved it the week before because I was coming to record at this podcast studio. So when I moved it, I wasn't worried about moving it. I was fine. I was in this holding pattern of like, just get to the end of February. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. And then come Monday, I was like, oh my God, I need to fucking cry. Also had like the biggest pimple on my chin from my PMS. Everything was annoying me. And you know, I had the appointment and it, and it, and I did in fact need it. <laughs> um, I had a very good, solid cry to my psych. And I really just think I needed to talk to somebody. I'm very good at validating myself guys, but I think because I kept saying to myself, just hold it together until March, just hold it together until March. I was trying not to like unpack any wounds or open it, like rip off any band-aids. I was like, just keep holding it down until then. And I almost made it. I would say we had the cry on the 27th, so I nearly made it to March, but I felt so much better after that. And I guess just a reminder that, you know, you might be feeling okay, you might be holding it down, but it's okay to talk to people about it. It doesn't necessarily have to be a psych. You can even talk to your friends or your family. Journaling for me wasn't really helping in this circumstance just because there was a lot of pressure at once. And she gave me some practical tips that I can implement and hopefully work on in March. And I guess she's also my gratitude, even just in accessing therapy, like that is my gratitude. I am hyper aware that I'm very privileged to be able to access it and that I'm in a position to pay for it. It is still expensive. I'm on a mental health care plan, but it is still so fucking expensive. My mental health care plan actually expired. So I will go back to the GP to get a review and I still pay out of pocket even with the mental health care plan, but being able to afford that out-of-pocket cost is something I'm so grateful for. And I've actually been seeing her for three years come July, which is wild. Probably my longest relationship. <laughs> oh no, Franklin is because Franklin will be five soon. But she really does help me keep it together. So I'm very grateful for her. And I think on that, see, we left the struggle highlight gratitude on a high. <laughs> take a deep breath everybody I'm okay I am okay I did post a photo on my Instagram after therapy that I had been crying and people were like oh my god are you all right and I'm fine I just wanted to do that because sometimes I think people assume that like I'm always happy or I'm always positive and I always get asked how are you so happy all the time and I'm like fuck I'm not if you listen to this podcast, if you watch my YouTube channel, I'm not. I think maybe on Instagram, because it's just like photos, it's a little bit harder to see that depth to it. But yeah, it's okay to have bad patches. It's okay to have shit emotions come up or uncomfortable emotions. I shouldn't call them shit. Well, they are shit. But yeah, we will make it through. It's just a rough season. Now, we're going to get into the show. Today's show is a juicy one. <laughs> I'm going to unpack the concept of love languages and give you some of the psychology behind it. I'm going to tell you what mine are. I'm going to tell you what yours are because I got your help for this episode and I will explain to you how you can figure yours out if you don't know them. 
I'll then also talk about how our love languages impact our relationships, including the one with ourselves. And I will then get to some community thoughts. We had lots of questions for this episode and I have tried to answer them throughout the content. And yeah, without any further waiting, let's jump into what the love languages are. So the term love language refers to the way that a person prefers to express love and receive love from a partner or others. This concept and term was introduced by author and counselor, Dr. Gary Chapman, who proposed that there are five specific love languages. The five love languages are words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and receiving gifts. It is also important that I mention that love languages do not just apply to romantic relationships. They can apply to platonic relationships, and they also apply to the relationship that you have with yourself too. The other thing to note is that they may change over time. They may change as you move through life. And you can also have different love languages in the sense that you may have a different love language for how you receive love. And then you may have a different love language for how you give love. That came up quite a bit too. And we may all have a primary or secondary love language and vice versa for your partner or anybody else in your life. And so I'm going to unpack each of these a little bit more with some examples and some of the psychology behind it. So the first one, words of affirmation. These are verbal expressions of love verbal expressions of appreciation and encouragement, either spoken to you, written to you, or even in a text message. If you relate to this love language, you may like hearing compliments or told that you are appreciated. And when you are told, I love you, that may make you feel really good. And you may also feel really positive when you are encouraged or praised by others as well. If this is your partner's love language, it could be telling them how much you appreciate them. Uh, It could be leaving them a little note for a friend. It could even be to text them to let you know how much you appreciate the friendship or congratulate them on their success. Even yesterday, literally the day before I'm recording this, I was at the gym and my friend Steph sent me a text and she just said, I'm so proud of you. Like you've made it through Feb. You had a lot on your plate. You're doing amazing. If you need anything, let me know. And I got the text. I was like, oh my God, I fucking love you. She didn't need to do that, but that was her or an example of her showing that to me. And the science behind this love language, which I love because you guys know I'm a science-based girly, but Speaking and hearing positive words more often than negative ones can activate the motivational centers of our brain, which will encourage us to take more positive action more often. So it really is more than just a good feeling. It really is helping you feel better and live better. The second love language is quality time. This refers to intentional, uninterrupted and undivided attention. It also means like meaningful conversations and activities. So if you relate to this love language, you may prioritize making plans with others and making time for them in your calendar. You may also feel disconnected when you don't spend time with the people that you love, whether that's your partner or your friends or your family. Some examples of this love language, if you're wanting to show this to a partner or show this to friends or anybody else, scheduling regular date nights. Maybe it's having a non-negotiable weekly date night. Maybe it's taking a couple of minutes in the morning or at night just to check in with each other. 
ask how their day was or ask what's going on today. Maybe it's not touching your phone when you're in the company of somebody else. I know that when I go out for breakfast with my friends, aside from filming a little clip for my daily vlog, phones are down. When I'm with somebody, I'm giving them my undivided attention. It also means scheduling time to see your friends, no matter how busy you are. And it also looks like actively listening when people are speaking, holding eye contact. I think for me, because this is one of mine, but I think for me, this love language is about staying present, staying very present in the moment, which I love too. And then we have physical touch, which is the third love language. And this refers to physical expressions of love and appreciation. And I have to say, consensual physical touch, right? And this will look different depending on the situation or the relationship. But if you relate to this love language, you might describe yourself as a touchy-feely person. You may also feel most loved when you are embraced or when you are touched. And you may also feel very lonely or disconnected when you don't get that physical attention from your partner. Some examples of this love language could be showing affection, holding hands, kissing. Maybe it's a little bit of PDA. Maybe it's even just spending five minutes in the morning or five minutes before you go to bed cuddling your partner. It could be prioritizing sex. It could even be using touch to comfort somebody, a hand on their shoulder or a hand on their back. And obviously, again, consent is big here. Only touch people that want to be touched. Say that for a second time. And the psychology and science behind this one is so cute. (laughs) So one study references that touch is actually the first sense that we experience as babies, which is so true. It is our first form of communication with the world and is actually critical in our development. The other fun fact is that when you hug someone and embrace them, or even yourself, oxytocin is released. And oxytocin is that bonding hormone. It's that really good feeling one. It does the opposite of stress. It literally lowers your cortisol and helps calm you down. So I want you to just stop for a second. I'm not sure what you're doing. Either go and give somebody a hug right now. Maybe you want to hug your pet or maybe you even want to hug yourself. And I've done this on the podcast a few times. I just need to move away from the microphone a little bit, but just give yourself a little bit of a hug, right? If you're watching on YouTube, just do what I'm doing. Put like your arms around yourself. You feel a lot better. Let me just get back over (laughs) on the chair. But Hugging goes a long way, and that's another example of physical touch. The fourth love language is acts of service. So these are selfless, thoughtful acts, and it is that saying, actions speak louder than words, right? So it's about doing things that are selfless, thoughtful things for others, either for your partner, your friends, or your family. And if you relate to this love language, you may be somebody who prefers to be shown rather than told that you are cared for. You might be really happy when somebody runs errands for you or when they do something without being asked. You may also be the person or the friend who is always showing up for everybody else. You're ready to drop everything to help them or you're ready to jump in and help the people that you love. Acts of service are not extravagant or grand gestures. They are very thoughtful and things like someone making you a meal, running an errand, helping with chores. Again, the science behind it, as humans, we like to feel that warm and fuzzy feeling when we do something selfless. And so research found that doing a selfless act activates the reward centers of our brain, meaning that the positive feelings created by compassionate actions reinforce selfless behaviors, and then you're more likely to want to do it again as well. 
And then last but not least, receiving gifts. Receiving gifts refers to tangible tokens of love and thoughtfulness. And this one often gets a bad rap. I even noticed it in some of the comments that you guys sent through, which I'll get to at the end. But people with this love language can sometimes feel selfish or greedy and look upon it negatively. But I want to tell you that you shouldn't. It is more than just wanting stuff. It is more than just having things. It is actually the meaning behind the gift and the intention behind the gift that matters most. It doesn't need to be extravagant. If you relate to this love language, you may appreciate thoughtful gifts and you may treasure anything and everything that you receive, no matter how big or small. You might also be somebody who remembers every single gift you've ever received because it made such an impact on you. And if you are giving the gift, you also really take your time to make sure it's perfect and you put in a lot of energy when you are choosing a gift for somebody. Some other examples of this love language are choosing gifts based on inside jokes or shared memories or things that you know the person loves. I'll give you guys a quick example. One of my exes was obsessed with a football team, like obsessed. And he had a like a big milestone at work and I got him these like custom cookies with the football team, like colors and like the football team logo on it. And he loved it. Very small gesture. They were just cookies, but he actually just loved that I had had them customized. It could also be picking up their food, their favorite food, picking up a bunch of flowers or picking up whatever else is a surprise. And my last example, I'm going to use, I had such a laugh when I did this, but I'm going to use one thing as an example to explain all five love languages. So for this, imagine an Oreo chiller. You guys know I love them. For words of affirmation, it would be, your Oreo chiller tastes delicious. For quality time, it would be, let's go get an Oreo chiller together. For physical touch, it would be, let me hold you like I carefully hold my Oreo chiller. For acts of service, it would be, I made you this Oreo chiller from scratch. And then for receiving gifts, it would be, I went and picked up this Oreo chiller for you. So you can see how it kind of works in every different way with that example. I just thought that made me laugh. I actually saw someone else do that with a coffee and I was like, what can I use instead of coffee? And I used the Oreo chiller. Now, if you don't know yours, you can figure it out. The easiest way to do it is to do a test. There's so many online. I will link one of them in the show notes so you can click on that and do that. And I also polled you guys for this episode. So I want to go through some of those results. So we ran these polls on the Your Safe Space pod Instagram. Please give us a follow over there. I think I will do more polls for the episodes too, because I love having your input for the show. But I did ask you guys if you knew your love language and 75% of you said yes. 23% of you said no. And 2% of you said that you didn't even care. (laughs) which is fine. I'm not telling you, you have to care about it. Of those of you who did know, I asked you if you knew what yours was. So I split the polls over two pages because um, Instagram only lets you do four options in the poll, which is very fucking annoying. But I'm going to show you both pages now, or I'm going to explain to you both pages now. So the percentages may be off, but I'm going to give them all. If you add all these up, they should add up over the both pages. I hope that makes sense. Anyway, words of affirmation, 38% of you voted that that was your love language. Quality time, 37% of you voted that that was your love language. Physical touch, 25% of you voted that that was your love language. Acts of service, 29% of you voted that that was your love language. And then receiving gifts, 9% of you voted that. 
32 of you did say all of them and 9% of you said none. And I think that was from those of you who didn't know. And then 18% of you just wanted to see the results. And I think it was super interesting to see that affirmation, like words of affirmation and quality time were almost tied and physical touch and acts of service were very close in our community. Now I'll tell you mine because obviously I know yours because you guys shared it with me, but I am a words of affirmation first and then a quality time person. And they're like my primary and secondary. And sometimes I think I've had other love languages be my primary and secondary. And I've noticed that depending on what I'm going through or depending on like where the relationship's at, depending on if I'm single, it can change, which I think is okay. And sometimes I also feel like I'm all of them as well, which I think is also okay too. Now, the other thing I want to mention is that words of affirmation and quality time are how I like to receive love languages. But I noticed that my default for how I give it is actually gifts, which is so strange because that's not what I like to receive. Now, what I have done is once I've known what my partner's is, or once I have had a chat about it, I then make a conscious effort to show them love in the way that they receive it. And so I think that is really mindful as well. And I also think it's okay if you have a different love language for how you want to receive it and for how you want to give it. A lot of the time I think, and it might even be like a society thing that our default is gift giving just because that's how it's always shown, like to show your love in like movies and society. But back to the polls, I then asked you guys if you knew your partner's love language. And I had 48% of you saying yes, 13% of you saying no, and 36% of you saying I'm single. And me too, I'm in that. And then 3% of you said you just wanted to see the results. Now, I ask this because I personally think if you are single or in a relationship, it's a cute activity to do either solo or with your partner. But I also need to add that I don't think love languages are the be all and end all. I personally like them because I think they bring some awareness to relationships, whether that's with ourselves or others in general. But the first time I actually heard about them, I was in my early 20s. I think I was 22 or 23 at the time. And I was in a relationship with somebody then. And I remember I did the test. I think my best friend Suze had done it as well at that time. And then I asked my boyfriend at the time to do it too, because I wanted to know what his were. And he just like flat out refused. <laughs> he was like, I'm not doing that. That's fucking stupid, Adele. And at the time I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like I didn't think much of it. But now I think, do I care if my partner doesn't want to do the test? Probably not. But my concern would be, that I value somebody who is self-aware and I would value my future partner knowing about themselves. And in a healthy relationship, I would want to be able to tell my partner, this is how I feel love, or this is how I would like you to show me love. And I would like them to be able to say that back to me. And so even if they didn't do the test, but like they knew this is how they like to feel love or this is how they want to be shown love, then I think it would be okay because I would want to be able to show it and vice versa. And so there are some criticisms to love languages and I think they are not the crux of every relationship and they are also not the only way to give love and show love. It's another tool in the toolkit. I always talk about the toolkit and I think my like long-term vision with this podcast is for it just to be like one big toolkit for you guys, whether that's with yourselves or with your relationships or things like that. But it is 
a tool for communication and awareness that we can like dip in and out of if we need. I did also just mention that there are some downsides to love languages, which I'm going to explain. And I'm going to do this because I always tell you guys, I try to bring a balance. I try to bring you both sides. And I think these are interesting and I'm going to read them out. So as humans, we want to tick boxes. We want to put labels on ourselves. We want to fit in. I think that's okay. And I know that some of us may resonate quite strongly with some of these love languages, but there will be people listening to this who don't resonate with any of it. And that is also okay. And the other thing that's important to mention is when these were invented, it was a very different time in culture and society. They were written very focused on het couples and adhering to very outdated gender stereotypes. There was an article written in 1995 by Dr. Gary Chapman, who was the person that basically invented these. And one quote that he included was this, isn't it sweet when every day your wife has the breakfast table set with scrumptious food so you can get a good meal before you go to work? And how about sending him food for lunch or buying her new pots for her kitchen? (laughs) These were literal quotes from the article. And I mean, 1995, that was written after I was born. That's not that long ago, but it kind of is because it's about, you know, 20 plus years. That shit would not fly today. Dr. Gary Chapman, that would not fly today. And so times, thank goodness, have changed since then. And I think the current discussion of them are like more inclusive and I feel like more applicable to the society that we actually live in now. Also, even something as like simple as gifts. Maybe back then it wasn't as expensive to buy gifts. The, the cost of living inflation and times now, it's expensive to be buying gifts. But as I mentioned, I do take them with a grain of salt and I want you guys to kind of do the same because everyone communicates love differently. I like to look at them as a really good entry level or kind of starting point to have these conversations to help you firstly understand yourself and then to understand your partner if you are in a relationship. And it really starts to build that self-awareness and then hopefully start to improve the quality of your relationships. Now, my last point before we get to the community thoughts is to practice these love languages on yourself. And I say this because I do this every single day and I think it just makes my world feel a lot better. And I want to give you some examples and I think you guys could get something out of this. So we'll start with words of affirmation. This looks like practicing affirmations to yourself. This looks like practicing self-compassion. I always talk about it. It looks like doing that and choosing that. It's also really working on that self-talk, really shutting up that inner critic and really being kind to yourself. Quality time. This is setting aside time for you, being really mindful with your time for yourself, slowing down when you want to have that nice cup of coffee or nice cup of tea. It is making time for your hobbies. For me, You guys know my non-negotiable is my gym time and that like hour for the day, whatever it is, if it's a walk or a gym is like my peace and like my sanctuary and that is an example of quality time. It also means not overscheduling and overcommitting to things and it could be making sure that you are doing things like meditating, breathing exercises, journaling, things like that physical touch. So this could look like giving yourself a spa day, running yourself a bath, doing a hair mask, even giving yourself a hug, like I mentioned before, or as something as simple as even when you're like applying your skincare or like even your body moisturizer, just being really mindful with that and being really grateful for your body 
and explaining to your body or telling your body that you're so grateful for what it can do while you're touching your skin. And then acts of service. This could be as simple as tidying up your space. Do you know when you like tidy up your bathroom and even when we tidied up the the roof stuff, like I felt just so much weight lifted off my shoulders. That is an act of service. Even things like making a nice meal for yourself, taking yourself to therapy, taking yourself to the dentist, taking yourself to the doctor, booking those appointments for you and going to them. That is how you're showing yourself that acts of service. And then receiving gifts. So this means buying only what you love and investing in yourself, either with new skills or education. It could be buying yourself flowers or treating yourself and not just treating yourself when you accomplish something, but just treating yourself for the sake of it. And obviously with everything that is balanced, but it really does look like celebrating you with the things that mean the most, as little or as big as you want. And so I wanted to give you guys that because when we have that relationship with ourselves, I think it can be almost like a little cheat sheet to go back on. And I would really love for you guys, again, to come into the group and share any other ways that you practice your love languages to yourself. Because I had put up after the polls, I had put up a question box and I asked you guys for your thoughts and they were so amazing. I love you guys so much. And I'm going to share them because there are some like golden nuggets in here. And I want to know what else you guys think. So please come into the group. But these are what you guys submitted. They're so sweet. The first one. I love picking up small gifts like his favorite chocolate. And I notice it can change his bad day to an average or okay day. My love language is gift giving. And it's not about the gift. It's the thought behind it which I love. And I think it just goes back to that point that I made before when it's about the sentiment. It doesn't really matter what the gift is. It's the thought and the energy that's being put into it. This one is really cute too. After a busy work day, my partner has cooked dinner, done the dishes and set up a picnic. That's so cute. And then we've got, it is an effort and conscious daily practice to try to balance each other's love languages in our relationship. And yes, I absolutely think it is that because I think we're all different. We're not going to have the same love languages. And I think it is a conscious effort and it is a balance of getting both of your needs met. I absolutely love this one. (laughs) I don't care if my partner buys me lavish gifts. It's when he takes out the bin when I'm tired. And then they had put like that hot emoji. (laughs) I also had a lot of you who said that your love language was gifts, saying that you felt selfish. I'm going to say it again. Embrace it. Also, don't judge yourself for your love languages. That's not what this is about. It is just about learning about what you like and learning how to build that relationship with yourself and others deeper. It's not the energy to judge yourself in this podcast or while we're in this safe space. Uh, This one was great. It's important to communicate them with each other if it isn't clear. It's not fair to think that either person is a mind reader. And yes, I fucking agree because we always ask for what we want here. I also had so many comments and questions about you guys having different love languages to your partner. And again, we're not meant to be the same. We're not meant to be the same. And I think as long as you have like willingness and communication both ways with your partner, you can definitely start practicing some examples that I've given you. And remembering, again, it's about a balance of both of you. And I also had a lot of you saying that your partner's love language was physical touch and yours wasn't. I feel this because for me, physical touch is like last on the list. And I have had it come up in like past relationships and almost sometimes be an issue. But again, 
it was a conscious effort for me to show up in the way that they needed and a conscious effort for me to realize that this is how they feel loved and this is how they want to be shown it. And so I think when you are in that partnership, you obviously want to make sure that your needs are being met and that you you are meeting your partner's needs. And so there's a great example that I'm going to give you. And I actually had a listener DM me. I'm not going to say her name because it is personal, but she wrote this and it made me want to cry maybe because I'm PMSing, but it's beautiful. My partner's love language is physical touch. I don't like being touched a lot of the time, but we have set aside 10 minutes each morning before we get up to cuddle in bed before we start the day. Anytime he also needs a hug from me, he will ask me and we stand up and have a big embrace for however long he needs. I never let go first, so I know he gets the most out of the hug. I just want to cry again. I think that's cute. And I think that is like a small gesture. 10 minutes out of the day is a very small percentage of the day. And your partner would be feeling so much love from that. And I had other examples where you guys had said that like, this is the things that you do. And so that's why I really want you to come into the group so we can share and learn from each other. Some other comments from you. Uh, This one, my love language is gift giving, but I personally hate giving gifts and I feel awkward accepting them. And that could be two things. That could be you needing to work on accepting things and you needing to work on your belief that you maybe don't deserve things. Because I think sometimes when we struggle to accept compliments or gifts or things like that, it can be like a limiting belief that's like, you're not good enough. You don't deserve that, but you do deserve that. And so it could be working on that limiting belief to try to reframe it to something more helpful. Or maybe you actually just have a different love language like I was talking about before. Maybe your giving love language is gifts, but your receiving love language might be something else. And again, when I say practice them on yourself, that's how you can figure out which one sits better with you. Yes, you can do the test. But for me, when I practice all the love languages on myself, I feel the best when I'm talking to myself nicely or doing affirmations or anything like that or being self-compassionate. And then when I'm spending quality time with myself and I get a lot of shit for spending time on my own, but I fucking love it. And so It's really important that you start to practice them for yourself and really important that you start to, if you are having any of those limiting beliefs, you start to kind of reprogram and retrain your brain. I've also had some commentary on mismatched love languages and just on the mismatched love languages. Sorry, guys, I've had put this in my run sheet when I shouldn't have, I should have put it before. But anyway, there is some science behind having mismatched love languages that I want to share. And the reason I want to do this is because if you're listening and you have a different love language to your partner, I don't want you to be like, oh my God, we have to break up because of this. No, don't do that. Because there was research done on love languages that suggests knowing your partner's primary love language doesn't relate to greater relationship satisfaction now or in the future. Research also found that couples with mismatched love languages had relationships that were just as good as those couples who were matched. So that shows you that, yes, it's great to know, but it doesn't necessarily mean that if you do know and you've got the same one, that it's going to be even better. I think there's more to it than just these love languages. And then the last comments that I want to get to, uh, some more that you sent through. So someone said, I love complimenting people, especially strangers. It gives me the biggest kick. I love baking treats for all my friends and family. I love that. I wish I was in your friends and family. <laughs> Check-ins, feedback, and showing appreciation is always important in your relationship anyway. 100% agree. And then lastly, I had a lot of you commenting saying that your partner doesn't know theirs and that they won't try to figure it out. 
Again, I don't think that love languages are gospel, but I do think that you should be able to have some deep conversations with your partner or at the very least speak about your needs and vice versa. And how to start that is just starting the conversation, explaining to your partner. Don't even say the word love languages. (laughs) Just say to them, this is how I would like to feel love from you or I really love how you do this could you try doing this for me instead? Or could you support me in this way instead? And also asking them as well, asking them whether they feel like they are getting enough love, asking them if there is anything you can do to make them feel more love. And just really starting that conversation without even mentioning the word love languages. I mean, the test is a good way to to figure it out. But again, that's not the only way to figure it out. Some conversation and communication can also go a long way there. I also had so many questions that came through and that I didn't answer in this episode. And so what I was thinking is we could do a love language AMA in an upcoming Friday episode. I'm going to put a poll into the Facebook group. Let me know if you want that before I record the next time, because I could keep chatting about this for hours. I love it. And like I said, balanced approach to it. I think there's some good in it. I think there's some really like key takeaways. And yeah, I think it just helps us communicate better, become more self-aware. And that's always a good thing. Again, come into the Facebook group if you're not. Follow us on Instagram if you're not. I'm going to wrap the show up here. Thank you for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week. I hope you do something nice for yourself. Uh, Leave me a review on Apple or a rating on Spotify. Share it to your story and tag us. I love seeing where you guys listen and come and share your highlights, gratitude and struggle in the Facebook group. Have the best week. I'll see you next time. Bye. 